You're listening to the Art of Parenting podcast. I'm your host, Jeanne-Marie Penel. My intention is to share with you simple tips and tricks that will make a huge difference in your life, as well as giving you all the support and encouragement you deserve to enhance your parenting experience. I've created this safe place for us to explore the issues and concerns that matter to you bringing you clarity and solutions with Q&A sessions and inspirational conversations with world-renowned experts in a variety of fields. I've recently created a private community for us to continue these supportive and uplifting conversations. Click the Join the Art of Parenting Community Here button on this page, and I will see you there. I'm a firm believer that parenting was never meant to be done alone, and I'm here to debunk the general consensus that it has to be hard. A warm welcome to you, and thanks for tuning in. Hey there, Jeanne-Marie Penel here, host of The Art of Parenting. And I just wanted to record a quick little introduction before I share with you my latest interview. Today is May 11th, as I'm recording this, Uh, this will go live tomorrow morning. And I just, there's just so much wonderful information out there for free for all of you parents. And I just wanted to touch on two that are happening right now. Uh, One that is starting next week. And this is, um, I want to say a dear friend, we've never met in person, but we've communicated uh, quite a bit. I've been in her uh, community and such. And this is Sumita, and she has created for the sixth year the Positive Parenting Conference. This is uh, 14 masterclasses by world leading parenting experts uh, to help you raise happy, well adjusted children. It is free to join. I will put the link in the show notes. Um, and it is amazing. It is uh, authors, and she is just a great interviewer. So that's one. And then the other one, if you haven't signed up yet, that is the Childhood Potential Online Montessori Conference. So this was something that I was a part of. I did a um, workshop specifically on welcoming newborns the Montessori way, how to prepare ourselves in our homes. This is now um, for sale. So it is basically there is a standard or premium pass. And the benefit to getting the past is, first of all, you will have access to all the interviews uh, for a lifetime. But also Lucy is running some master classes uh, through Sunday, May 15th. So those are live master classes that you can attend with some of the speakers, and they are pretty amazing. So just wanted to share about those two before we get into our interview. And then just a reminder that the Parenting School, that is uh, a program that I run, that is a mix of a digital course. There's five modules where we talk about Montessori, about the home, positive discipline, Uh, ourselves, our children, and such. And this is something that I've created to really share a lot of the knowledge that I've gained over the years, my experience as being a Montessori guide and a parenting mentor. 
And then it's also a group coaching. So basically every other week we have what I call a lifeline uh, Zoom call. And there you can ask me your specific personal parenting questions. And this is an ongoing course. So I invite you to check it out. It is uh, this show's sponsor. So all of that information is in the show notes. So now without further ado, I will let you listen to my latest interview. Have fun, enjoy, and please let me know what you think of the interviews and if you wouldn't mind going and posting a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to this podcast. Alrighty, talk to you later. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. This is Jeanne-Marie Penel, your host of The Art of Parenting. And today I have a lovely guest from Japan, Kathy Imabao. Let me try again. Kathy Imabayashi. Yeah. Did I get that right? Perfect. Yes, I had to spell it out <laughs> for for phonetically to make sure I pronounced it correctly. So lovely to have you here, Kathy. And we connected actually via email. Kathy reached out to me uh, because she knows I have a podcast and she has a passion about raising boys, parenting boys, young boys. And so I am delighted to have you here, Kathy, and to just have this wonderful conversation. Well, thank you very much for, for allowing me to come on your show. Oh, yes. So as I always like to start, um, is really asking you, how would you define the art of parenting? Um, well, there's a few things. Um, I think the biggest thing for me is that it is something that is ever-changing. So it starts, you know, with conception or before, and you parent, you know, um, according to the different stages that your child is going through and that it's a constant mutual learning. Um, and the parent learns just as much from the child, I think, as the child does from the parent. So I think that um, parenting is uh, very much about being a really good observer and being really curious about the world that your child is experiencing. And then working to find ways to extend and support the interest that your child is, is having at any particular stage. Um, I do think one of the other things about parenting that sometimes we overlook is um, the different kinds of environments that we provide for them. And for me, that's a big part of parenting. It's, it's, it's especially in the younger years, creating an environment of magic and curiosity and wonder and, and beauty. And uh, so I think all of those things would be the main focal points on what I think parenting is. Mm, beautiful. And, and that's that's all music to my ears, because in in Montessori, we really talk a lot about observation and how that's mm -hmm. a skill that needs to be really you know, worked on as a, as a parent, as a guide, and then, and then the environment, like you say, you know, preparing the environment for our children to be able to, to adapt to their time, place, and culture is so, so important. So yes. thank you yes. for that. That makes total sense. So before we get too involved in our conversation, uh, please tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and just how you came about to do the work that you're doing today. Uh, well, I'm Canadian, and um, I'm, I've been in education for over 40 years, 
and I've always had a strong affection and have been drawn to boys uh, even before having my own son. I grew up in a family that is largely female. There's only one boy out of six of us. So I really know a lot about women, felt I knew a lot about women and uh, went through the women's movement in the 60s and was very strong about that. So when I was an older mom, when I became pregnant and I, and I had a boy and I actually was hoping for a boy because I was worried um, that, uh, you know, I know what the challenges are for females and I really didn't know what it would be like for a boy. So when I actually gave birth, I was a little relieved, but also it was like starting a new book for me because I had to really learn everything that I could. And so I started, you know, as any parent does and reading the normal books. And it was, I, you know, it was a beautiful experience for me. I was very much ready for, um, for starting a family at the age that I was at. So it all changed for me uh, when my son was around three and there was a particular incident that it was the critical point. And we, I had taken him fishing, and he was three, three, four, small, but not too small. And we were in a little bit of an isolated um, stream just off the road, but not too isolated. We were in Japan, which is a very safe country. So I had no worries. Um, and then when we were sitting there, I looked up the pathway, and I saw there were five or six boys coming down and they were you know a little bit big they weren't full adults but they were bigger boys and in that moment there was something so deep and guttural that happened inside of me and it was pure fear um, that something was going to happen and that I would need to protect my little boy and and uh, it was just there was nothing conscious about it uh, when those boys came down and through conversation, they were the same age of the children that I was teaching at that time, upper elementary. So I knew that, you know, at that age and stage, their bodies are growing like crazy, but inside they're very much little boys. And I should have been someone who recognized that they were absolutely no threat at all. So, you know, we ended up having a wonderful afternoon, everything was fine. But then that night, it was that night that I went home and I just, um, I was reflecting on the day and it, there was something eating away at me. And, and so I started thinking about it. And I thought, well, where did that feeling come from? Because there was no nothing in the moment to cause that reaction in me. And so I thought a little bit about it. And, and it was the thought next that started this whole mission and it was is some other mom down the road gonna look at my boy walking down a path or walking on the other side of the street and be afraid of him simply because he's a boy and that that image of someone being afraid of my little boy was just so incongruent with what i knew about all of the boys really that that i knew that I needed to really examine that and find out where it was coming from and trying to understand, is there anything I can do as a parent that is going to help my son deal with a world where people, even who are educated and um, thoughtful and open-minded, 
that still those people could have that kind of a reaction about him simply because he's a boy. And so that is what has kind of led you on this path to be what um, you call yourself a, a parenting coach, but for parents of boys, correct? That's right. That's right. Right. And so what what approach do you have vis-a-vis uh, -vis, uh, vis -vis boys? Because to me that this is kind of not new, because I know that there, you know, there's differences in, in raising girls and boys. I have both. Um, in France, we say it's the king's choice to have both a girl yeah. and a boy. Yeah. Uh, and um, my, my daughter is the eldest. But I have, for me, from my perspective as a parent, I really just raised them with their personality, right? I didn't yes. really maybe pay attention that much to 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 the gender it was really just observing who they were and really um paying attention to 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 just their different personalities and and what they wanted or what they needed from me and so i'm always uh you know interested in 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 maybe knowing a little bit more as to why why we would think that they need to be so different or or what is your approach i guess to um you know what do you say to parents that that have a son for example um and a daughter like is there really that big of a difference yes <laughs> the short <laughs> answer is yes there is there is yes, yes. um but first i'd like to just comment on what you said about parenting because I think you know regardless of what you're you know on how you're doing something I think that you know kind of the secret in everything is that it's intentional so right. you know when you're intentional about you know being aware of you know what the emotions are with your children what their interests are what uh, that's intentional parenting and so there's beautiful things that can happen in and of itself just because that's your mindset so um like, I don't want it to sound like the things I'm going to say are being critical or judgmental, because the reason I try to share some of this is just because I'm in awe at how much I didn't know. And, right. and so my mission is just to try to share some of that information so that it, you know, especially younger parents, when they're just starting out, I have seen uh, so many boys, uh, you know, over the years, over 40 years of either in the classroom or in leadership, and especially in leadership, the majority of the people that would come to me for, for you know, discipline, if that's what you want to call it, they were boys. So um, I had lots of talks with the boys themselves, with parents, and there are some things that as the biggest thing is just creating an awareness. And then, you know, there are different things you can do with that awareness. But what is really um, exciting, I think, at this point is that I was looking at all of this, you know, 25 years ago is when it started for me. So there was some information, but it was the very beginning, like there wasn't anywhere near the information and access to information that there is now. And the difference now, too, is that much of the information that you can find you know, current is based on science. So it's not just guessing, you know, some of the old wives tales now can be proven 
you know, as fact because of brain scans that they do. So it's a very exciting time to try to put all the pieces together uh, to be able to parent even more intentionally. And and what what are those kind of? I mean, if you if you wouldn't mind sharing maybe three or four of those kind of science backed revelation about the difference between sure. boys and girls. Okay, one of the one of the first things, and that's always an easy win for parents, is that there are some physical differences in uh, both hearing and communication styles, and it's all you know, connected with uh, different connections in the brain. So I'm not a brain specialist. And in fact, sometimes it's hard for me to even um, go into much detail about it. But I read about it constantly and then try to take that information and see how I can share that in in simple terms um, so that I can understand it as well. But for example, some of the differences in hearing. So the women's comfortable level of speaking and listening is about six decibels uh, lower or higher, lower maybe than men's. So when you have uh, two females talking together, they like to talk in a, you know, fairly like our our voices now, they like to um, have it in, you know, fairly an intimate environment, not a lot of background uh, sounds. And There's a lot of eye contact and usually emotional language. That's the way we communicate really well with each other. When you have two males communicating with each other, the volume of their voice is either six or 10 decibels that is louder. And so when they're talking together, um, it's, it's their natural way of communicating, but it's very much different than uh, two females together. So when you have a male and a female talking together, without that understanding, there could be a little bit of misunderstanding. So say in a classroom, you have a kindergarten classroom or or even older than that, and you have a female teacher and she's doing circle time and all the kids are sitting up around her. Usually it's all the little girls that are sitting right close to her. And it's usually the little boys who are in the back of Uh, the circle and they they usually start to get distracted and they usually start you know doing something other than what they're supposed to be doing but what they have found is often those little boys in order to really hear uh, the teachers at her level of voice they have to really focus and they really have to concentrate and if there if there's that much distance between them that's a lot of work for, for a little guy to try to do when he's four and five years old. It's much easier just to turn around and talk to the little boy who's beside him who's experienced the same thing. Some of the problems in education um, really uh, are reduced when those little boys are closer to the teacher. Just it, it, And that's why it's, it's connected with the hearing. And it's the same with the little girls. The little girls, if there happens to be a male teacher, which there aren't very many male teachers in, in the younger years, but if he is using his normal voice, uh, that little girl might take that as more, especially before there's a relationship, a little bit on the shouting edge of it. And so it might cause her some anxiety. So if you know that, then you're just a little bit more cautious about being mindful of when you are communicating with 
with someone of the opposite gender. Um, so again, with hearing and, and with behavior, sometimes, like a lot of parents will uh, communicate that they get quite frustrated because their boys just don't listen to them, they say. They, they, you know, they'll, the boy will be in the bedroom, he'll be you know, doing something on the computer or you know, total, whatever it is, he's totally focused in it. Mom is down in the kitchen and calls up to him for dinner. No response. Five minutes later, she calls again. No response. Five, the same thing happens a few times. She's really busy in the kitchen because she's trying to get everything done, and um, she gets quite frustrated. So she ends up kind of stomping upstairs, standing in the doorway, really quite frustrated, maybe raising her voice a little bit, and um, you know, saying that if, if her son can't listen and you know respond when he should be then maybe he shouldn't be using the computer her son looks at her kind of like a deer in headlights and really doesn't have a clue what's going on when that same parent um, does a little bit of an experiment and say the second or third time there's no response she goes up to the room as normal and she just puts his hand her hand on her his shoulder or something something where she knows that his attention is now on her. And she says to him, did you hear me? At like curious, not, not angry, but curious. Did you hear me? And nine times out of 10, that little boy is going to say, no, mommy, what did you want? He didn't hear her. He just nine. didn't hear her. The hearing is part of it. And the other part of that is that, and again, it's brain differences. Females are so good at multitasking like that's just part of our world men are extremely good at single focus they can do fantastic things with you know laser vision so if you have a little boy first of all he's not hearing you because of the differences in the levels of uh, volume and then put on top of that that he is totally focused on something so any chance of anything else coming in are really slim and so you're kind of, you know, you're set up for not the best situation if you're not aware of that. Right. And that's, that's, that's fascinating. And as, as you were, as you were describing, I'm going, oh, that's why. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah, that's what most people say. It's just, and it's, and it's so easy. It's such an easy right. win. Right. But, but nobody, you know, nobody informs us of that. I mean, like pediatricians should, should tell us or something you know there yes. should be a little not a I mean kind of a manual I guess of you know this these are the differences and and so forth what's a what's another one that would be that is um fascinating that you would like to share uh well behavior is always something that you know that's another you know core complaint um especially and that and that, and that and that I guess in in behavior I, I guess my my question is always like, is that really gender or is that personality traits? Um, I think the more you understand some of the gender differences, then you have fewer behavior issues. Okay. So, so when, as, so, yeah. so when you look at behavior, so, um, if you can look at behavior as a signal, a signal that something is not right 
in your son's world, something inside. So kind of yucky feelings go with bad behavior and, and that kind of a thing. And if you can understand some of the, you know, the inner turmoil that he might be feeling that is coming out in this kind of behavior, then you have a great opportunity to kind of um, help him go through a process of understanding himself what he's feeling. So it's interesting that you said about behavior. Is it gender or is it not? And, the, and the, that's a, a circle that keeps happening over and over and over again because we say some of the problem is that boys don't have this emotional vocabulary and that there is something um, in the connection uh, in the brain and that it supports that a little bit. There's, you know, like there's, that's one theory of it. But th there's another theory that um, it's because we, of how we're raising them and exactly. we're not exactly. using that language. So, you know, again, it's one of those things. If you have the awareness, then when you're raising your little guy, you are going to make sure you're using the right, you know, emotional vocabulary. You're going to help him, you know, um, be able to show his emotions in a way that's acceptable to, to everybody. Right, um, right. Well, because also, I mean, in society, you know, it, it's true that, I mean, we, we've come a long ways and we still have a long ways to go, but it's true that, you know, girls are emotional and boys need to be tough and, and, you know, not, not be emotional, which is yeah totally ridiculous in my book. And, and that's not how I raised my children, but it's true that that is kind of a societal thing. So that's why I guess I keep on, on being kind of the devil's advocate of, you know, is it, is it gender or is it our society that has kind of, you know, put the the boys and the girls in, in different categories and, and and different emotional awareness and and really, like you say, not really given the opportunity to boys to express their their emotions. And that's why probably there is kind of this quote unquote misbehavior that we might see more in boys than we, we might in girls. Um, so yeah, it, it's, it's fascinating how it's just so many different aspects to, to this question come to play. There is. And, and I think, you know, everything that you said is, you know, it's accurate in that um, society plays a huge role. And I think one of the um, difficult things is that you know, a child can grow up in a home, for example, uh, the, the way you're talking about the way you raised your children. And so that they're very uh, strong emotionally, they're, you know, they've got a good sense of self-esteem, they've had a solid background. So, but then it kind of begs the question, what happens when they start facing these, especially boys, I think, facing these pressures and these, um, like the code, that society has for how they should behave and what society is expecting from them and how they've been raised they're not the same so when the child doesn't understand then it you know it provides some confusion the wonderful thing is that he has a home environment where he can really be his true self and show you know all sides of himself 
but for you know the confusion that that causes for a boy when they are in society and different messages are being sent to them constantly right right and so what what is kind of your maybe general advice that you have uh, for parents and and this I would also, I'm interested to, to hear your take on how you would coach differently a mother than you would a father, uh, just because I, I, I have seen and I, and I have experienced it personally that, that I know my husband and I parent differently. Uh, mm-hmm. so, so that, you know, that again is, is societal and, and we were raised differently and so forth. And, and I tend to think sometimes that there is a different approach, you know, vis-a-vis the daughter or the son. So what, what do you, like, what is your, your main gist other than, you know, explaining the, the, the science-based differences? How, how do you, like, what is your approach that you share with parents? Well, one of the things that I that I, I believe is one of the biggest obstacles that we have um, is that women in general, and because mothers usually are the first caregivers, the nurturers, like that's, so that's why I'm addressing this part first. But I had always had the opinion in my own head that everybody thought like me. Uh-huh. And so I expected everybody else to have the same way of understanding, the same way of communicating, the same way of thinking. And so, you know, until I had another perspective, that caused quite a bit of conflict, especially with the males in my world, because I really was expecting them to function the same way that I do. And that's really right. not fair at all. But so that's one thing is that just... Um, understanding enough to recognize that not everybody thinks the same way we do. Not everybody communicates the same way that we do. And, and that, that's, that there should be a lot of respect there because of that. And then the other thing with parents, um, especially when you start looking at gender things, there ha- first of all, there has to be an awareness. And sometimes in order to be really aware of how you think about raising boys or raising girls, you have to do a little bit of digging into your own upbringing and what your roots were and what style of parenting, uh, you know, was put down for you. And your own past is often the unconscious parenting that you do now. Um, So true. So true. I, 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 you know, I'm often saying that the only guidebook or manual that we have to parenting is our own childhood, right? It's, yes. it's our own upbringing. Yes. And, and it is very important to, to kind of look at that and, and, you know, make sure that you, you're going to take what you enjoyed, what was beneficial and not repeat what wasn't, but. Uh, yes. Yeah. yeah. And so, <clears throat> so, so back to my question about kind of, a a maybe general um, approach or or advice that you would have for maybe our listeners who who are raising boys what um, what would you say to them 
Well, the, the first thing I, I would say is try to, try to um, you know, get that fire lit and then you can take off. So, so like, I don't want to be just promoting my own stuff, but I don't see a lot of things out there. So that's why I did put together um, like a, a parent challenge thing. But the first day of that challenge is really, and if someone just looked at that, it's really trying to understand our own unconscious gender biases. And I think that's where it starts because until you can recognize that there's something there, the same as me and the fishing trip, and if that had never happened, I, I wouldn't be having this conversation with you today, I don't imagine. Right, right. So I think the more aware you can be, the more aware you can be, and then, and then you start learning. And it's like, it's like anything else. Once you open the door, you will find information. You will find uh, resources. You will listen to podcasts like this. You will get the information, but you have to open the door first. Right. But I guess, I guess my question is, you know, you, you kind of uncovered that gender bias in that experience um, mm -hmm. fishing with your son many yeah. years ago. What what change maybe in your way of parenting your son from that experience? Uh, it changed everything. Like it changed everything. Um, I read a lot, like a lot, and then some of the things like I would keep for I like I would know that my son would be you know in five years he'll be ready to read this or. Um, and I kept passing information on to him and telling him the things I was learning. And we still uh, do it today. Like he's 28 years old, a book that I gave him probably four or five years ago, um, which I thought was brilliantly written in a, um, a fictional story, but covering some very interesting parts about males and females relationships and I had given it to him um, and I said you know read this if you can and then any girl that you're serious about have her read it too because it's really good and it, it, you know he must have tucked it aside but just in the last couple of weeks he in our conversation he said he said you know I know you said all this stuff as you know as, as he was growing up I would tell him everything that I was learning but when he he took out this book and he started to read it and he said now, like he, he kind of gets it. He gets why his dad reacts this way and, and I react this way. And, and it's beautiful. It's, it's, so when you're saying, what do you do as you're going up? I, I tend to share everything. And what, whatever stage they're at, whatever they're ready to be able to absorb, just give it out. Whether anything comes back or it doesn't, you're opening up doors for communication that, you know, at some point are going to, they're going to click in. Right. And, and was there kind of a, a revelation that you had as to that, that made you really shift or, or change your mindset, you know, vis-a-vis -vis raising a child? Because I think initially as parents, we raise children, right? We're, we're raising human beings. I know, for example, for myself, I didn't want to know, you know, what I was expecting, whether it was a boy or a girl. I just wanted yeah. a healthy child. And, yeah. and I think I really 
uh, you know, embarked into parenting as to raising a, you know, a kind, compassionate, uh, independent human being. But when you when you kind of started digging and 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 doing this research and all this, were there were there some real like things that you changed in your parenting? I think I was just more understanding of some of the challenges that that he was facing and that he didn't understand what was going on. I I just became more aware. So then became I became more I of was... an advocate basically. And exactly. Yeah. 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 Okay. That make that makes sense. That's that's what I was trying to get at is like oh, you right. know when yeah. when when uh because sometimes you know I know for me for example, you know, I I discovered kind of Montessori or went back to school kind of late in life. My children were already uh, eight and four, but it totally like it, you know, all these light bulbs went off where I did change the way that, you know, I was setting up the environment maybe, or Mm -hmm. that I was understanding some of their behavior or some of their needs and and such. And, And that's what I was trying to to understand from you, like, what were those, that, that shift that you made? Well, for example, like if, if, um, before I was, uh, before I understood some of the things, for example, if there was some kind of a, an, a situation, you know, a temper tantrum or some kind of an explosion, because from my female point of view, I would want to sit down and talk about it right away and, you know, <laughs> figure it out. And, and that just does not work. It, it doesn't work for my five-year-old and it doesn't work for my husband either. So <laughs> I was going to say, I learned that yeah. through marriage. <laughs> yes. Well, all of this, all of this, it's not just about parenting. It's really right. about, you know, being together, you know, males, females, being part of humanity. But it, it, when I kind of understood, okay, we don't do everything the same. Everyone doesn't think the same way I do and came to understand what they now, they call it time silence. So it's just that respectful time of giving a boy to kind of get his emotions back to a point where he can communicate before making that push to have that conversation. Timing. It's about timing. And that, and that I, I guess I, I would kind of challenge that that's true with anybody, you know, with, with a, a little girl having a tantrum would be the same thing, right? We, we talk about kind of flipping our lid and, and our, our, our brain, you know, is just no longer connected. And, and we, we need that pause to be able to, to, to connect and kind of correct, right? That we need to have that connection that's- before we, we can correct any, any type of behavior. Um, yeah, that's very true. I think the one one component that makes it a little bit different is the emotion of shame. So if there is some connection to shame in whatever the situation was, it will be more difficult because shame is the the most debilitating emotion for boys and they will kind of do anything to avoid it. So when that's part of it, it makes it even more important that we give them that space before they can come back and communicate with us. Right. So, so you're, you're talking about shame in, in kind of understanding they, their understanding that 
they're they're ashamed of the behavior or or no or something happens and they have been shamed oh i see i see okay Okay. and that started the whole thing yeah right right oh it's interesting because i was just writing something this morning about positive discipline and how you know there can be no shame blame or humiliation so we can take that out of our emotional vocabulary for sure yeah. Um, well, this has been um, delightful. Anything, anything that you would like to to add to this conversation? Maybe a question that um, you wish I had asked. Um, any any parting words? Um, I didn't mention it, and I can't believe that I didn't mention it yet. But so much of this information is connected with what uh, is referred to as the boy code, and it the boy was boy code. Uh, uh-huh. Yes. And that was first that was first uh, coined in the 90s by Dr. William Pollock, and he did. He was from the Harvard Harvard study on men's health, mental health, or something like that. It, phenomenal research he did. But this is what he called the boy code, and that's that's the mentality of excusing things by saying, you know, boys will be boys, and mm. that they should should mm. be boys, and that boys are toxic. Those are the three main components. And if you go and and you know look up what the boy code is that will also be another door to just kind of get you thinking a little bit there's a more modern version of that um i i can't remember actually where this guy is from but it's called the man box and if you just google the man box you can see a few um workshops on that that are very entertaining but it's it's the information that is helping us understand and be respectful of the differences between genders, especially around communication. Interesting. Fascinating. Fascinating. My, my, my mind is just going all sorts of different directions. Uh, this is wonderful. Well, um, any, uh, as, our, as our time is coming to a close, is there like one major takeaway that you want our listeners to remember from this conversation? Um, I think it's, if people can just, well, first of all, recognizing that we are in such a wonderful time to be able to get solid scientific information to understand humanity, basically. And there is a difference in gender. And some of it is physical. And some of it is societal. The societal part of it is where parents can really step up that, you know, um, that part of it to not make it such an, an impact on our boys. But that would be the first thing. Just be aware there are differences and find out more. Learn, learn, learn. Yes, and that we, I think as parents, we also have the tools to change those patterns, those societal yes. patterns, um, for sure. You know, as, as we raise the next generation, they will raise another generation and so on and so forth. And, and we, mm-hmm. we can evolve um, as humanity. So beautiful. Yes. Um, Kathy, how, how can our audience learn more about your work? Um, they can go to my website, which is sunhoodcoaching.com. And through that, you will get the connections to, I have something on Instagram and Facebook. I have a Facebook group uh, on LinkedIn. 
have started a little YouTube channel. Oh, wonderful. Okay. Um, yeah. No, and all those links will be in the show notes. Um, Thank you. Yeah. Well, wonderful, Kathy. This has been um, quite a lovely conversation. Um, I know it could go on for a long time because I love to to you know pick your brain and, and so forth. Um, but it was a, a delight to have you. And uh, thanks, thanks again for being here. Thank you very much for letting me share this. Have you been searching for the owner's manual to your child? Or did you just misplace it? Are you tired of trying to figure out this whole parenting puzzle, not knowing what to do when it comes to tantrums, hitting or biting, sibling rivalry, potty training, proper sleep habits, or just plain wanting a better relationship with your child? You know, I've been at this for a while now and wanted to share my own parenting manual. It's called The Parenting School, and I've created it with you in mind. Give your child and yourself the gift of mindful parenting in just a few short weeks and discover all the tools you'll ever need to parent without losing your patience, giving in, or worrying that you're messing up. If you're yearning to be more patient and present with your child while finding balance in your own life, then you already know that you need effective parenting tools and ongoing support. You know you weren't meant to be raising children alone. And you probably already know that having the right parenting tools during moments of conflict is the key to staying grounded, responding with empathy, and strengthening your parent-child relationship. You've probably sensed that you'd be a more confident parent if you had a like-minded community supporting and encouraging you. Your skills have gotten you this far, but most days you still feel like you're making it up as you go. So here's what I've got for you. Reliable parenting principles that will allow you to finally set boundaries you can confidently uphold, communicate effectively with your child, declutter your home to enhance your child's independence, learning, and family harmony, and find more time to do the things you love. This is what the parenting school is all about. During this digital parenting course, you'll get weekly modules with lessons focused on key areas to get you where you want to be. These modules come packed full of video tutorials, journal prompts, actionable activities, expert interviews, and more, as well as weekly Lifeline group mentoring calls where I answer your questions personally plus a virtual village with like-minded parents supporting each other during this deep-dive parenting intensive. I'll also include some extra special bonuses to keep you inspired and motivated along the way. So if this sounds too good to be true and you're ready to up-level your parenting skills as well as your family's well-being, head on over to The Parenting School at voilamontessori.com tps dash enroll. That's TPS for The Parenting School dash enroll. To learn more about the, all the benefits of this fabulous interactive digital course I've created just for you. And by the way, I've also added the link in the show notes for you. Looking forward to supporting you and your family. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Art of Parenting, and if you did, 
please make sure to share it with your loved ones. And do come share your takeaways in our private Facebook community. I'd also be grateful for a review on iTunes so it can get heard by many more. And remember, if you've got a question, let me know. I'm here for you. Till next time. <laughs>